There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to this brand shiny new episode of the Chakra Way Meditation Podcast. Today I'm chatting with the lovely Rubia Smolens, who is a Tai Chi and Qigong teacher. Rubia and I have been chatting for a few months now and our work is just wonderfully similar in so many ways. I really didn't know that much about Tai Chi or Qigong until we met and the more I know the more I'm drawn to it. What we share is a common love of working with the body's energy and how we can facilitate change within the energetic system through the physical action of the practice that we're teaching, combined with that mental awareness of how we are working to heal ourselves. So I hope that this inspires you to just try this new discipline. What's that saying about variety being the spice of life? Challenging ourselves to experience a new modality can be really fun, but it also gives us a new lens through which to look at ourselves and our energy. Now, Rubia has lots of really great offers to offer you precious listeners, so please don't miss out. All the links are in the show notes as always. So welcome to this episode of the Chakra Way Meditation Podcast. Today I have a lovely special guest, the gorgeous Rubia Smolens, all the way from California. And Rubia is a Tai Chi and Qigong teacher and um, is just a gorgeous person. So welcome, Rubia. Hi, Roseanne. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. And it's lovely. I mean, it's nice to see you because I, I have the, the the gift of seeing you through the meeting, but yeah. it's nice to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's lovely to see you too. And, um, you know, we've been talking on and off for a few months now and, and I'm really, I, I love talking to you because I feel like our paths are very aligned. We sort of run along parallel tracks in, in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people that we're, you know, the people who listen to the podcast are interested in energy work and energy healing and how to find that inner peace, if you like, as well. And so I think Tai Chi is a, just a beautiful practice. Qigong, Tai Chi, not Chai Tea. Chai. <laughs> I too. 
That'll work too. Oh dear, I'm gonna have to read this. Tai Chi and Qigong are the most beautiful practices. So would you do me the honor and tell me a little bit about what they are, what they consist of? And um yeah, and then we'll come back to how you found it and your journey in it. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so I like to explain these things in, in its simplest form and uh, encourage people to have their, their experiences. And, and keep in mind, I'm always sharing from my point of view and my experience. And that, that, will, that, will, that has changed through time and uh, practice. And so um, that's, I just wanted to share that that's the point of view that I'm sharing. But uh, qi work and qigong is, is just that. In, in yogi terms, it's, we're talking about prana and vital, vital energy or vital force. So qi is the equivalent word for, for that expression. And then gong simply means to work, to cultivate, um, and to toil. So Qigong, Qi work, Qi cultivation. Uh, and there are different uh, systems uh, out there. There are different um, practices. A lot of uh, people go towards Qigong for specific reasons. It could be uh, for medical reasons, spiritual reasons, uh, fitness, energy work, Um you know, there there are different reasons why people will will want to undertake their their qigong. So that's that's one one aspect of of that. And there are layers to to qi work. Uh, and then tai chi is is a martial expression of qigong. Um, when we look at tai chi, we we obviously see this beautiful dance like fluid movement that people typically do in the park and in synchronicity and together and, and whatnot. So that's what we see. And there's a lot of beauty to it. It's very, it's a healing practice. It's, it's a meditative practice. Uh, but if you're a martial artist, you, you actually are looking at it from a perspective of, um, you know, martial arts perspective. So defense, uh, redirection, you know, there, there are specific movements uh, that have martial applications. So, uh, but it's a yin practice. It's considered both qigong and tai chi are considered internal uh, internal arts, whereas kung fu and uh, other you know more yang practices are external mm-hmm. external arts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, if I was to go to a and this is a really basic question, but yes, we all have that image of the beautiful flowing motion in um, Tai Chi. And it's, would I be able to spot the difference if I was to observe a Qigong class? Is that something? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so Qigong typically, well, when you're doing your Tai Chi, you're also doing your Qigong. Uh, but Qigong work it can be very specific in in the movements and sometimes a little more static than uh, than tai chi where tai chi you're actually stepping stepping out you're moving forward in in movements you're moving back so there's that ebb and flow Um, the qigong that i practice is very rooted and very grounding so you're standing in in a rooted stance and then the from the waist up 
you're you're working on fluidity. Uh, but that's just that's the Qigong that I practice. So that's been my experience that my Qigong practice is is to create like a firm, steady rootedness. And then my Tai Chi practice is to take that cultivation of 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 um, energy and then move it and, and move it in a more flow flowing kind of way, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. Yeah. It does make sense. Um, because I have, yeah, I was I was talking to my son actually a while ago and he's like, I just feel like I want to do something. And, you know, I'm not going to force them into force them into doing yoga because that's not ever it's not something that he wants to do as a mum does it, you know. And I actually found a Qigong video on YouTube and I said, you know, how about this? And he he actually found it really helpful. He actually really liked it. It really centered him. It really Mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, it's very centering, very grounding work. And the thing that strikes me about Tai Chi and Qigong is whilst, you know, it's very obvious to somebody observing somebody practicing yoga it's like oh that's very athletic you have to be very flexible you have to be strong you know because people see people doing crazy arm balances and all those sort of Mm -hmm. things and they think that it's really challenging and it's a young fit person's game when it it actually isn't you know there's so many modifications and so many beautiful simple poses that everybody and anybody can do um when in within a yoga practice um but they might look at tai chi or qigong and go well that's just waving your arms around you know that's nothing <laughs> i'm here to tell you that it is not that it is so much more challenging i did yeah. i had the pleasure of of trying out um rubia's uh was the beginner's kind of introduction to your tai chi, Fundament- your tai chi, chi fundamentals yeah fundamentals of tai chi and honestly to watch me walking walking just trying to walk across the room <laughs> it's really challenging and the focus that you is required to Mm -hmm. actually do those things in that flow in that slow motion Mm -hmm. is challenging you know for somebody like you know me I feel like I'm fairly in touch with my body I've been practicing yoga for you know 30 years teaching Mm -hmm. for 20 you know I'm I would have thought that it would have come but no it would did not come easily it was a challenge and Mm -hmm. Um, it was a very different feeling of physical work in that it was very, very connected to the grounding and the energy, as you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that experience. That's uh, I don't know if I shared this with you before, but I actually walked out of my first Tai Chi class. No. Oh yeah. Well, it was a long time ago. Yeah. I was much younger and, and when you're younger, the ego kind of, you know is is really dominant uh, and uh, yeah it it challenged me too much because as you're explaining to look at it from the outside in you're looking at something like that looks easy and then you show up to class and it just challenges ev- all of your senses everything and yeah i walked out maybe not in the middle of it but but i didn't finish really <laughs> Yeah. I didn't finish my class. Yeah, I was just, it messed with my head. So you and, it took me, <laughs> and it took me years to go back. Oh, really? And then the really? second time I went back, I didn't have that same ego experience because I, I was very aware what had happened. Like I knew that I was struggling with my ego at that time. And then the second time I went back, I didn't feel that, but I, I still, it didn't resonate. 
And then it's the third time that, uh, I mean, look at here I am, you know, <laughs> like yeah. we're talking about it and, and I can't say it's something that I've mastered, but it's certainly, you know, a, a diligent practice of mine and, and something that's important from important enough for me to share with the world in the sense that there's, there's value to doing this work. So yeah, it's it, it's it's enlightening for 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 me to hear that you've had I, you didn't have the same experience, but you realized how challenging it was. Yeah, and yeah. just from the walking meditation and those you know that ten minute walking yeah. exercise that we focus on yeah. in, in the course. Yeah, Listen, uh, tell, me, tell me a little bit. So you 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 took you took your time getting into it. So tell me about your journey mm-hmm. that brought you to your Tai Chi and Qigong practice? So the the third time, so we've spoken about the first two times, but the third time, and throughout this whole time, I've I've had a yoga practice. So I've been studying yoga in asana practice and and an ethical practice for a longer period of time than my Qigong and Tai Chi. Um, But what brought me to Qigong, it was a miscarriage. So I'd had a, a miscarriage. And my yoga practice was aggravating my back Mm. to the point where I was, I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand up. I could only crawl to where I needed to go. So, um, and that kept happening. And anytime that I tried to do yoga, it would activate something. So uh, the moment I was able to stand up, the school where I was, where I'd taken my yoga teacher training was also offering or also had a Qigong and Tai Chi program. So I did a Tai Chi class and I felt better. And then I kept doing it. And uh, the more I did it, the less often my back would go out and or like the frequency was less and then the recovery time was less so it took me it took me a few years to get rid of the fear uh, of the the injury when when you're injured like that and you're you you rehabilitate even if you do rehabilitate there's still a fear that that stays in your body so it took a long time even though I, I was no longer uh the back wasn't going out anymore and my again my rehabilitation time was shorter because of the qigong i was still there was still fear in my body so that took a long time to to release and i mean it has i don't even think about it anymore it hasn't it hasn't happened in a very very long time so i did qigong very consistently um for 3 months and then i tried tai chi again So that was my third time to do Tai Chi through the experience of of the strength building of the the Qigong. So uh, it was through, you know, through loss, through pain, through um, a lot of different um, energies that my body was holding that brought me to these practices. Mm -hmm. And now I do all three. (laughs) I, I still have a consistent yoga practice, Qigong practice and Tai Chi practice. So how do you, um, do you feel like they support each other, your practice, your, your, your various practices to how, how do they support each other? They, they definitely color each other in very beautiful ways. I feel that my yoga practice is 
it's it's become more expansive. I mean, in yoga, as you know, there a lot of it happens through the feet and the hands and the the the, the toes and fingers. So through my qigong, I've been able to activate that a lot more. Those extensions through the extremities. Um, the tai chi has brought a spiraling energy in my body that. Um, that I found in Tai Chi. And now I can translate into my yoga, which is really beautiful. And I mean, these are things that happen deeply internally. It's not something that you can see happening from the outside. Uh, But I do, I'm very aware of it. And I'm very aware of the fact that it's come through my Qigong and my, my Tai Chi. So there's, there's a different energy that, that translates. And then yoga, influences my the flexibility in my in my tai chi and in my qigong so yeah they color each other really really beautifully and i'm i'm happy that i have all three you know that individually they're all beautiful absolutely but to to have a consistent practice of all three is really it's really special it feels really special yeah no it just sounds that way and i it sounds as though the I don't know, from what you're saying, what I feel is um, that the Qigong practice kind of activates your energy in a in a very tangible way that you can then translate and sort of drop that into your yoga practice. Yeah. You know, people practice yoga for many years in order to make that energetic connection. You know, when we practice yoga, we're practicing in order to make that um, energetic connection with the body to have the mind body spirit connection mm-hmm. and to me that maybe the practice of the qigong is like a little hack a little <laughs> yeah that, that, could, that could be a way of looking at it although I I mean with the amount of years that I've been doing it I don't know it's not that fast of a shortcut (laughs) well yeah no you there is that there is that but but I mean if you only have your yoga practice it's there's so much there and and all of these these practices I mean you're you're it depends what you focus on that's the other thing my intention I, I came in with the intention to heal so that I was looking to heal something physically and then I also, you know, dealing with the loss of a miscarriage is a really deep emotional wound that, um, I mean, it's, it's not uncommon there, there are more women miscarry more than, than we think. So, um, but it still nonetheless creates a pretty deep emotional um, trauma. So the 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 qigong work and the tai chi work more actually more the tai chi allowed me to um release uh, those things you know the weight of the trauma the weight of um how to explain um the weight of the emotions i mean emotions are heavy you know, so there's a movement that's called Grasping Sparrow's Tail, and it's all about whatever you you are hold on, holding on to, uh, releasing the sparrow, releasing the bird with with you know a loving loving gaze, a loving touch, um, you know, in a loving way. So that one simple movement 
helped me navigate through many of those, those heavier, heavier emotions, like just letting go and then having a movement attached to that mindset uh, was, was, I think the, the way that we can, I, I could connect it, you know, movement, mind to body. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, when you can physically embody mm-hmm. the, the emotional thing that you want to let go of, uh, yeah. you know, and, and this happens, I can totally identify with that. And, you know, it's interesting because you say that because I think that I have practiced yoga for many, many years before I started thinking about it as an energetic practice Mm -hmm. you know as as an energy move you know subtle body kind of practice and as soon as you as you start to make those connections and so you know when I started working with the chakras for example my hips have always been slightly stiff and when you start to get that connection you go oh well guess what all your emotions all those stuffed down emotions that you haven't expressed that's where they live down there in your hips so no wonder your hips Mm -hmm. stiff as soon as you can attach a physical to your emotional or internal dialogue and find where that trauma is stored and to actually release it physically. So you have the releasing the the swallow's tail, which is a beautiful um, image because that, that image of a bird flying up into the sky is, is ultimate, isn't it? You know, people say, Mm -hmm take that emotional put it in a balloon and let it go you know it's the physical but you're actually doing it with your body because you hold so much we hold all of our stuff you know in inverted commas all of our stuff it's stuff you know it's just hidden away squirreled away in in our hips and our joints and our organs as well so yes that's yeah, you know exactly what. It, yeah, that's so. The Tai Chi has has allowed that experience for me. And when you start letting go, when you, I mean, Tai Chi also requires you to be very present, as you know. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's just been a really be- and it's ongoing. It's it's a really beautiful practice. It's a simple practice. It looks simple, mm-hmm. hard to. You know, there's there's work to to acquire it, but once it's in you, once it's integrated, um, you take it with you everywhere. I I do tai chi at the airport, at the grocery store. <laughs> I look a little cuckoo, but well, in LA, it doesn't matter. Everybody's cuckoo out here. <laughs> you can be doing whatever you want here, and nobody's really going to you know pay you any attention. Mm-hmm. It's kind of expected. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm grateful for the practice and uh, yoga. Yoga is, um, yeah, yoga is what brought me there. It's it's interesting. Everything everything is intertwined. It's all. But we have to find, don't we? Uh, We have to find the 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 physical practice that works for us. You know, which is why I'm. You know, I've talked to Kundalini yoga teacher. I've talked to. Somebody, a lady who teaches um, aqua yoga, um, you know, mm. I, I, I want, pe- you know, it's not just all about yoga, you know, I mean, it is for me, but that's my, that's my journey. That's my story. Right. You know, everybody has to find what works for them um, and what's, what's going to connect 
with them with their body because mm-hmm. you know we all live in these amazing physical beings that we you know we inhabit and and they're not all the same you know they all have different requirements and so that's yeah. why i think you know introducing people to the to to tai chi so who is it i mean obviously you know like i said like anybody anybody and everybody can do yoga it's the same, I'm sure, for Tai Chi and Qigong. But what is it especially, what do you find that it's especially useful for and, and what kind of issues that people come that's it primarily like really hits the nail right on their head with various Yeah. I mean, I would probably, you know, welcome a, a lot. We don't have to dis- discuss it now, but open a, a longer discussion about yoga because I feel that yoga is a lot harder to like it's intimidating i think we 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 spoke about that briefly earlier it it can be very intimidating to to look at from the outside in and you know people think that because they're inflexible they can't do yoga but that's the reason why you go do yoga so it's really breaking that mental barrier um whereas tai chi and qigong i i feel they're a little less intimidating Mm. because you don't you're not having to People think of yoga, they think of contortion, and that again, that's not it, and and that's not what I'm saying. But if you're looking for something new, a new mind body uh, practice, I think Tai Chi is very approachable in that in that sense. Um, so, so if people people usually come to Tai Chi a lot later in life. That's another thing. They they think it's for old people and it's really not. Uh, especially if you start young, then you're building, you're, you're building strength and balance and you're, you're building your, your, your awareness. It, it really like you're activating your senses on a whole different level. Like your, your spidey senses really, really become enhanced for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're connecting my eyes energy you know that's the thing is that you're Mm -hmm. making if you the earlier the sooner you decide that you're going to have a conversation with yourself about your energy and Mm -hmm. what your energy is saying to you and what it's contributing or not contributing to your life the best right you know right starting early is everything starting early key yeah I'm, i'm grateful i started when I started yoga when I was 25 and then in my Tai Chi teacher training, I was the youngest, I think. Yeah. So, um, but most, a lot of, to answer it, to come circle back to your question, a lot of people that some of the physical benefits is, is balance. So as you age, your balance changes, your proprioception changes. Um, and you kind of bypass that when you start early, but even if you arrive later to later in life in your winter season to Tai Chi, that definitely helps with balance um, and, and awareness. It helps with digestion. You're still, you're working on your, your internal organs um, and, you know, energizing your internal organs. It does improve, you know, mood and sleep. Uh, You're, you know, you're activating your, you're softening your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Um, a lot of people come to it for mobility pain because it is a gentle practice. Uh, you're not really stressing your joints if you're 
if you learn how to move properly. So you do need the right teachers, but um, yeah. So the those are physical reasons why people might show up to the practice. And then the spiritual stuff kind of evolves from that. If you do any kind of energy work, you're, you're, you're tapping into any, anytime you're doing work that um, aligns the spine or strengthens the spine or open, open, opens up the spine, you're, you're working on your, your sender and receiver part of, of your being. So then you can get into some, some beautiful spiritual experiences through these practices as well. Yeah. Se- separate, separate from the physical. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so you are teaching, do you still teach yoga or do you just teach the Tai Chi and Qigong? I've never I've never taught yoga and I'll, I'll tell you why it was always my, my sacred space. My yoga practice where is where I really go to, to heal and deal with myself. And I always felt that when you're teaching, you're actually giving away your practice. So I, I just, I never wanted to give it away in that sense. And I, I didn't have that feeling with Qigong and Tai Chi. I always felt the responsibility to share it, which was a different experience, even though it healed me in a, you know, a deeper way than, than yoga does in in some regards. Uh, I feel that that, that was something I could, I could share. And, and when you're teaching, you're giving away. So that I didn't have an issue giving away. My, my yoga practice is pretty sacred to me. So I keep that to myself. (laughs) (laughs) yeah now I know plenty of people who done the yoga do a yoga teacher training simply so they can get deeper into their own practice without ever intending to to actually teach themselves um so yeah I I get that and I also understand because as a teacher I do feel like I give a lot of my yoga practice um but I also I think I've managed to kind of keep some of it for myself even within my practice even with sorry even within my teaching I'm still Mm -hmm. learning you know quite often funnily enough when even when I'm practicing on my own I sometimes even verbalize what I'm doing (laughs) so and and that's the mind of a teacher yeah. yeah and when I'm teaching thing you know when I'm teaching in a class things will so often just come to me. It's like, oh, that's the obvious thing. Or that's why this works. Or, you know, let's mm-hmm. try it the other way. So for me, teaching is the explore is almost the exploratory way of, of, um, of the, I, yeah, is, is the way I explore yoga actually, honestly. Is we learn more when we teach. I yeah. find that you learn more about your practice when, when you're teaching it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's fairly clear how Tai Chi and Qigong are healing practices. The thing that's that's parallel between us is this, this you know, I work yoga chakras, your Tai Chi, Qigong, Qi, Prana, exactly the same thing, just originated mm-hmm. from different continents several thousand years ago both the Indians and the Chinese understood that we had this vital force within us and that it was something that we could manipulate. It was something that was manageable, if you like, or you know, something that could mm-hmm. be managed and influence. Yeah. And so as healing practices, 
how would you i mean i'm for me i feel like they're healing practices because simply having an awareness of that energy is is to begin to heal to be, to begin to connect with it but how do you how do you sort of see that side of things the tai chi is a healing practice yeah, I, I mean, again, point of view, because a lot of people will see Tai Chi, especially in the martial arts world, as, you know, a, a, mar- a martial arts and they 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 practice it with the intention of it being that way. So my when when I have the opportunity, anytime I have the opportunity to teach it, my approach is always from from a healing perspective, but also, you know, it's an invitation. So to me, you're, you're invited to, to discover. And uh, the the gift of Tai Chi is that it'll always meet you where you're at at any given moment and any given day. And our bodies change every day. So we're never the same person uh, from one day to the next. And your practice will always meet you. And the same thing, same thing for yoga. That's not exclusive to, to Tai Chi. Uh, but Tai Chi in the, in the healing process from a physical point of view, because of the, um, the, 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 the neuromuscular synergy, the synergy that's happening between linking your breath to uh, movements, number one, and then certain um, muscle groups, number two. Uh, so the breath to movement is healing in any practice. And uh, again, if you're guided through your, your breathing properly and your movement properly, then you're, you've created that healing space, that ebb and flow that, that you're creating is a space that you can drop into anytime. Once it's, once it's integrated, you're, you're creating your your healing garden essentially. I, I call it my my garden space. <laughs> so it's it's a space that I, I've a garden that I've I've seeded, I've planted the seeds, I've toiled the earth, and it's blooming through through the courses I've produced, through the the conversations that I'm having. I can only speak of it that way because that that's something that I've I've put into it. So um but it's not necessarily healing for everyone. You know, it's really just like anything, however, whatever your intentions are when you when you when you take on something, that's what will manifest. Mm. Yeah. And I don't know if that answers the question or if it's a roundabout or it yeah. does, you know, I mean it no, it does. It's lovely, it's fascinating. And and but what I what I was just thinking about as you were answering that, um, what sort of dropped in for me was when when I'm practicing yoga, especially with a mind to focusing it into chakras and pranic mm. energy. And so for the using the example that I did before, so like if I feel like I've got stiff hips, I can say, maybe that's because I've got some stored emotions that I haven't processed. Mm -hmm. Similarly, I can go, I'm feeling like I've got some some emotions that I've suppressed and I haven't, you know, haven't dealt with them. So therefore, I'm going to do some hip practice, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. take it either way. Is there a similar way or sort of um, way of being sort of specific with your energy direction in Tai Chi? 
So that's environmental. I mean, I, I taught for years at a drug and rehabilitation center. So my focus was them with them or that, um, that audience, Mm -hmm. they're a tough crowd. Um, It was really about, first of all, being in their body because they're not used to being in their body because their desire is to be out of their body. Mm -hmm. So it's bringing so that practice and and that environment was to bring them into their body number one to start activating movement again typically that that crowd they they're not into physicality and movement movement so introducing movement and now i'm going to circle back to what we were sharing earlier about grasping sparrow's tail and letting things go and uh being surrender, you know, teaching about surrender and then the movement of surrender, teaching about yielding, uh, which is very Tai Chi, which is yin. So dropping into uh, those movements where you're, you're softening and you're yielding. So a, a lot of it from a teaching perspective is environmental and I'm very intuitive when I teach. So I'm and I teach small classes. When I'm teaching group classes, I, I don't like to teach more than eight people at a time. Because right, yeah. I like to focus on, I like to give everyone individual sight, attention, corrections, and bigger groups are, are more difficult to do that. Or my approach is different when I'm with bigger groups. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's environmental. So it depends who we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what they're dealing with. So it's tapping into giving people what what they're what they're looking for, but not giving them, but at least, you know, pointing them in some kind of direction and, and allowing the the tools to to happen. But a story is important. So coming back to mind body, giving people a story and attaching that story to movement helps a lot. Every single time I do that, um, there's always a, a positive response from people. They're like, oh, you know, when you said that, when you tied that story or that idea to this movement, I understood the movement better. And I was able to um, to to move through it in, in, a, in a more mindful way. So... Uh, that being said, that's kind of a nice segue for me to share what I'm working on now, which is uh, Qigong. So I, I've I've set specific Qigong movements to the ethical practices of the yamas and the niyamas. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So really linking, you know, uh, movement to thought, idea, action. So, uh, you know, example, one of the yamas is, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, one of the yamas is satya. So truthfulness, right? Um, and then there's a Qigong movement that's called, it's called the technical uh, word for the movement is called clearing the gallbladder, not sexy. But I like to, I've renamed it removing the mask. So the movement is all about removing who you think you are and falling into the truth of who who you are. So to me, I took that movement and I associated it with 
satya as a yama. And if I take a niyama, uh, tapas, self-discipline, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I chose the movement Phoenix Rising. So the discipline of of work and letting yourself, you know, the process of healing is allowing yourself to burn, to rise again. So Phoenix Rising is, to me, when I made that connection of the Phoenix Rising, I put it with tapas and the niyamas. So I've done all 10, five and five. I know. <laughs> I'm so excited to launch this course. Oh, that's so clever. What a great idea. Yeah. So it, it's um like 90% of it is produced. I'm working on the last part, which is, you know, the, the narration and, and like fine tuning the, the graphics and stuff, but uh, it's coming. And I, uh, this might not be, well, this is a good time to talk about it. Oh, if I'm talking about it, but I have for, for your audience specifically, I'll have an early bird special for, for them that they can access the course. And then the other courses, my Tai Chi course, Qigong course, uh, they're on sliding scales now. So I'm, I'm trying to make it as accessible for, for people. So there's three different options or price points. You'll, you'll get the same course, no matter what you pay. So there's a sliding scale there. Um, and we'll leave, you have show notes. I'll leave all the links with you and the, the, the codes for your audience to, to access. So, uh, and on top of that, if you just want a, a small introduction to Qigong, um, there's a short Qigong sequence and um, there's a VIP and it's free. I'm giving it to to your audience for free and they can use the VIP code chakra way chi QI um, once they, they go through the portal and, and want the, the short Qigong sequence. So yeah. And again, we'll put, we'll put all of that in, in the show notes for, for your audience. Thank you so much Rubia. That is so kind of you. I for one will be straight onto that freebie. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So actually, the the freebie is a little bit of the warm up in the Tai Chi course. So again, it's an introduction. There's the tapping. Do you remember doing the tapping when we act tapping the the meridian? So that is in the freebie. And then um, I think the first three or four Qigong movements. So yeah, yeah. Have at it. (laughs) it But the yamas and niyamas, I'm really excited about. Um, I'm excited for you. That's a really um, fantastic, that's a beautiful idea. I love it. I can't wait to see. And sounds like that's going to be magical. And that will be around, you'll have that ready in the summertime sometime? Yeah, looking to finish it by midsummer. So spring, I'm taking, uh, I'm in production actually this spring. So yeah, It'll it'll be out by the summer, and if you sign up for the early bird, then you'll definitely get uh, you'll get you know the the warnings as to when it's coming out and all of that. So, yeah, super exciting. Again, coming back to what we were talking, mind mind and body. I think that it was a beautiful way to make those those connections. You know, thought to movement. I Absolutely. think that that creates deeper healing, actually, deeper healing, deeper awareness. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, it's beautiful. You know, it's such a clever way of doing it. And I, and you're absolutely right in order to make that mind body 
and spirit connection, it has to make sense. It has, has to just kind of clunk. Mm-hmm. It has to just like be a, mm, as just a really kind of satisfying fit. The body and the brain needs to just go, of course, that makes perfect right. sense. Right. Right. And and we as as a species have always thrived on stories and on imagery. You know, we just look at them, a number of myths and legends that run through all of our history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever culture, there's that storytelling. And so yeah. we, we thrive on it. That's something that is that lights us up. So I think you've um you've hit on a gem of an idea there, Rivia. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, All of Rubia's bits and pieces, all in the show notes. Um, I will have them all there for you. And the website is taichiwellness.online. We shall shall be there in the show notes for everyone to to click on. And Mm -hmm. um, thank you so much for joining me today, Rubia. It's been really lovely to chat to you again. Thank you for having me. It was really nice. Yeah, nice to see you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.